they all in order? Mm -hmm. Okay. Those who go to God must hide for safe. They will be protected by all by God all powerful. I will say to the Lord, You are my place of safety and protection. You are my God, and I trust you. Lord, the Lord is your protection. You have made God most high in your place of safety. Nothing bad will happen to you. No disaster will come to your home. He has put his angels in charge of you, and they will watch over you wherever you go. They will catch you with their hands, and you will not hit your foot on a rock. You will walk on lions and cobras. You will step on stone lions and snakes. The Lord says, if someone loves me, I will save him. I will protect those who know me. They will call to me, and I will answer them. They will... I will speak with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. I will I'll give them a long, full life. They will see how I can save. This is what the scripture says. God's teaching is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the teaching of faith that we have. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from death, then you will be saved. We believe with our hearts, so we are made right with God. And we declare with our mouths to say that we believe, or we believe, and so we are saved. The scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be disappointed. The scripture says, anyone, because there is no difference between Jew and non-Jew. The same Lord is the Lord of all and gives many blessings to all who trust in him. The scripture says anyone who asks the Lord for help will be saved. The world of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand as we are comfortable for the reading of our gospel. <laughs> After Jesus said this, he went toward Jerusalem. <laughs> Jesus came near Bethphage and Bethany towns near the hill called the Mount of Olives. Then he threw out two of his followers. He said, Go into the town you can I'm actually going to stop you. This is next month's Small Seeds Luke reading. Really? Yeah, so we're a little ahead. <laughs> so, can somebody hand me a Bible? Because <laughs> I am not preaching on Palm Sunday today. <laughs> but that was really good reading of those big words. So we're actually reading Luke 4. This is Luke 19. Yeah, we're, that's a little bit far ahead. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> 
a lot of things to happen over the next 40 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't as long, is it? Um, it's probably about the same. But, okay. So I'll have you start right there. Okay, and then to the end. And then you'll stop at the end of right there. Okay, I'll just keep it there. Jesus spoke to the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he, where for forty days he was tempted by those, by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. And then the devil led him up and showed him an interesting. And instead, all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and this authority, for it has been given over to me. And I will give it to anyone. I please. I please. You mean, if you then will worship me, it will be all yours. It will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship God. Lord. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took me him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you were the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to, and to protect you. And on their hands, they will bear you up. And so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him and said, Do not put the little Lord your God to the test. When, every, when the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an, an opportune time. The gospel of the Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Thank you so much, Emily, for that <clears throat> very quick turnaround. That was wonderful. And now I invite all of our young ones to come forward for our children's message. And so you can be as, as little as not walking or as tall as me or taller, uh, young and young at heart. And so come on forward for the kids' message.
um, doing our lesson, we learned some things about Jesus. He was out in the desert. How, does anybody remember how long he was out in that desert? He was out in the desert for 40 days and didn't eat anything. Yeah, and we talked about what that would be like and how we might be really hungry. And gosh, that was really hard. And when he was out there, That's right. We had some healthy snacks, didn't we? So when he was out there and for those 40 days, something happened to him. There was somebody that came and tried to get him to do some things. Xander, can you come talk here? The devil. Yeah, do you remember? What was, what did, does anybody remember something the devil tried to get him to do? He tried to get him to jump off the temple and yeah, that was one of the things, wasn't it? Do you remember something else? Uh, he tried. He said, if you're the son of God, you can probably make that rock behind you turn into a piece of bread. That's right. Yeah, so he tried to get him to do all those things. And did Jesus do it? Did he? Was he? No. He, how many of you have ever been? Because he wanted to be nice to all people. We want to be nice to all the people. <laughs> yeah. So has has the devil ever tempted you to do anything? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes that's really hard not to do it, isn't it? And sometimes we do the things that the devil says, don't we? And then afterwards, how do you feel after you've done something that you shouldn't have done? How do you feel afterwards? Bad. Yeah. What can you do that helps make you feel better? Xander, can you think of something you could do after when you've done something naughty and then you feel bad about it? What can you do that makes you feel better? Uh, tell the truth. Come talk here. Tell the truth. Yeah. You can tell the truth, can't you? So if you if you were at home and you did something to your brother or your sister and you weren't supposed to do that, and your mom or dad asked you if you did it, then that's right, you should tell the truth. What about Jesus, if you've done something bad, then does he think you're a bad person? Does he think you're bad? No. No. What does Jesus, what do you have to do to make sure that Jesus knows that you're really sorry? Do you ask Jesus to forgive you? Is that something we should do? Yes. Yeah, we should, shouldn't we? And does Jesus love us even if we've done bad things? All the time. That's right, all the time he loves us. Well, today I'm going to give you something that's going to remind you that Jesus loves you, but this thing that I'm going to give you, I don't want you to use it until we do our songs at the end when we play instruments. Because this is kind of an instrument. It's called a kazoo. And so you're gonna when you go back to your seat, put this to mom and dad to hold for you, and then when we do our last song, then you can bring it up here and play it, okay? And you put your mouth on this little part, and what does it say on it? Xander, do you want to read what it says on it here? 
Jesus loves me. That's right. So you can always remember that. Okay. I'll let you choose one, and then you're going to go back and give it to mom or dad. Okay? I know that we have a few kiddos who might be in the audience in the congregation. And so if they would like a kazoo too that reminds them Jesus loves them, can they have one too? Yeah, so that way, anybody who isn't here today or who um, is still sitting can still get one too. That's wonderful. You know, I just got so excited for our kazoos, we forgot to do our after message prayer with our kiddos up here. So you can all help, help us to, to pray together. You might be repeat after me. Thank you, God. Thank, Thank you, God. God. For the love you give us. For the love you give us. Thank you. Thank you. For sending us Jesus. Who always loves us. And who always forgives us. Amen. Amen. I just said there's something still just about to happen. Kathy, are you going to provide musical accompaniment to my sermon today? Yeah? Okay. I really appreciate Emily being able to quickly um, change her, her mode of reading because my sermon today is not about Palm Sunday at all, um, but it is about the temptation of Jesus. And Whenever I read it, and we read it every year at the beginning of our season of Lent, every year we get to the story of Jesus being tempted in the desert for the wilderness. And every year I wonder to myself, why does the devil think he can tempt Jesus? It's Jesus, right? Son of God, sinless one, holy human and holy divine, what was the devil thinking? I wonder if he was thinking that that human part of Jesus was like all of humanity, because all of us humans are susceptible to temptation. Right after Jesus' baptism, he is led to the desert where for 40 days he doesn't eat. He's famished, he's starving, he's hungry. I wonder if he felt alone in that desert. I wonder if he was in physical pain from the hunger. I don't know how he couldn't be. I wonder if he was feeling a little desperate. Jesus was tempted three times at the end of those 40 days, and the voice of the devil says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, prove it. Feed yourself. Be strong on your own and accept the gift of my power. Survive a leap off a building. If you are who you think you are, prove it. I wonder if the reason the devil thinks he can tempt Jesus is because he thinks that Jesus is unprotected, is vulnerable, and Jesus' hunger and his isolation in the desert, I wonder if this seems like an opportune chance to whittle away at Jesus' confidence. Because the implication when the voice of the devil says, if you are the Son of God, is that Jesus isn't. The implication is that Jesus isn't powerful enough, isn't strong enough, isn't faithful enough to do these things. And if Jesus is in a vulnerable position, maybe he'll wonder himself. Maybe he'll doubt. Maybe he could be tempted. Maybe the voice can tempt him to try and prove himself on his own, to prove him 
himself in ways that Jesus would never think to do, to prove his worthiness, his strength, to prove that Jesus is powerful enough to be the Son of God. We face temptation too, right? And maybe it is the actual devil sitting next to you with his what-ifs. Or maybe it's the voice of someone who is supposed to care about you. Maybe it's your own voice in your head. I know mine tends to be my own voice. I have struggled with anxiety and depression for most of my life, and I've had more therapists than I often like to admit. And some were good and some not so good. But there was one therapist that forever changed how I hear the voice of my own temptation. Years and years ago, one of those good ones during a session gave me a sheet of paper with a list of phrases on it, and she asked me to say each one out loud and tell her how it felt. And they were mostly, you know, therapy, self-affirmation stuff, like, I am an intelligent person, I am strong and capable, I deserve the respect of others, and it was a great list, and through most of them, my reaction was just, yeah, sure, that feels okay, that feels fine. And then we got to one that said, I am worthy of love. And I said that out loud to her, and I wasn't really sure how to respond. And so I just looked at my therapist, and she said, maybe try reading that one again. And so I did. I am worthy of love. And I broke. Tears poured out of me, and I managed to choke out to her, I really, really want to believe this. I really want to believe this. The voice in my head, my tempter, was a voice that told me, if you are really worthy of love, you wouldn't feel alone, you wouldn't mess up your relationships, you wouldn't get involved with people who are bad for you, you would be better, you would be happier. If you were worthy of love, you could prove it. It took a lot of work to understand that that voice was lying. The same way the voice of the devil tells Jesus he has to prove his divinity, and now, years and a lot of work later, that phrase, I am worthy of love, is one that often brings a smile to my face. But I know that in my own vulnerable heart, in my feelings of inadequacy, the voice of temptation doesn't give up. Just like the devil adapted and searched for new ways to tempt Jesus, even using Jesus' own scripture against him, the voices we hear or we create adapt and search for new ways to tempt us too. What ifs do you hear? Do you hear if you are worthy enough, if you are smart enough, if you are strong enough, if you are faithful enough? We have probably all heard a voice either in our own heads or from someone else saying, if you are, insert blank, enough, then. And those voices tend not to take us on good or healthy paths. They come to us when we are most vulnerable. They often feel like they are the only voice that can be heard. They make us feel alone, like we're in a desert or on the top of a building. And what do we do when we don't know where to go or who we can turn to? Maybe you hear them when you are in need, like going through 40 days without food to eat. What need do we have that has gone unmet for so long that we might be desperate? Sometimes the temptation comes when we are in pain, like starvation in a desert. What aches, what hurts, what heartbreaks might close us off to hope? 
Those voices of temptation tell us, like in the temptation of Jesus, we should just be enough to do it on our own without help or support. If we are these things, we should be able to do whatever we need to alone. Jesus leans on scripture throughout his temptation to refute the devil. He answers over and over again, it is written. But even the devil can and does use that scripture to make a case that fits his needs. In Jesus' seemingly unprotected state and his hunger, his need, his pain, it's easy to see how maybe he could be tempted, how he could feel isolated and desperate. It seems only human. But we forget that Jesus is not alone. We don't even really think about it much in our readings today. But just before Jesus fled into the desert, he was baptized in the Jordan River. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's the Spirit that leads him to that desert place. The Holy Spirit is with him there in that desert, on that building, through all of those temptations. And because Jesus is not alone, and because he's Jesus, he knows that he doesn't need to prove who he is to the devil. Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, knows that he is worthy enough, is smart enough, is strong enough, is faithful enough. Jesus knows he is the Son of God, and he knows that he's enough to make a difference in this world. Rocks and bread, ill-gotten kingdoms and power, even temples and angels, aren't how Jesus proves who he is. Jesus proves that he's the Son of God, the Messiah, through his healing, his teaching, his feeding, his love, and relationships with those who feel they're not enough. Jesus is the Son of God, after all, and we're not always as sure about ourselves as Jesus is. Surprise, right? Sometimes we listen to the voices, we give in to the temptation, and we lose sight of who we are. We push people away, we take things into our own hands, we make mistakes, sometimes with dire consequences. And Jesus does the only thing the Son of God can do. He loves us. He forgives us. And he takes those voices saying we're not enough, those temptations to prove our own worth. Jesus takes all of that to the one place where Jesus really proves who he is, to the cross. The cross is all the proof Jesus needs of God's love for the world. Jesus doesn't say to us, if you are. Jesus doesn't say, if you are worthy enough, if you are strong enough, if you are faithful enough, you can be a child of God. Jesus dies on the cross to say, you are. On the cross, the Son of God says to you, you are worthy of this love. On the cross, the Son of God says to you, you are strong enough to hear this grace. On the cross, the Son of God says to you, you are faithful enough for me. Jesus rises from the dead, brings victory over temptation, over our inadequacies and our insecurities. Jesus promises us new life and brings us a voice that says, you are a child of God, you are enough. Amen. A voice that goes beyond and above the temptations that we or someone else can create. So that when those voices do come to us, we can answer knowing that we are not alone because the Son of God names us children of God, because the Holy Spirit is always with us, comforting us and leading us down new paths, because the God who gave us Jesus, who made us and loves us, calls us to be more than our temptations and makes us worthy, makes us enough for whatever might be ahead, so that we can be followers of Jesus, children of God together, sharing our faith and our love the way Jesus shares his faith and his love 
throughout his life and ministry. By providing care and healing for those who need it, teaching and sharing God's grace with those we meet, by providing food for those who are hungry and sitting down to eat with those who may feel unworthy, when we are faced with temptation, when we doubt our worth, when we think we are alone, when we hear the if-you-are voices trying to whittle us away, Jesus answers. Jesus answers with scripture, with love and forgiveness, reminding you that it's Jesus who makes you worthy, reminding all of us that through the grace of God, we are enough. Jesus answers our ifs with hope with hope for healing, with words or songs, or even people reaching out to you when you need them most. And Jesus answers those voices of temptation with you, with your voice, for yourself and for others. You might be the answer that Jesus provides for someone else, because you are a child of God. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Thanks be to God. Amen.